Chats from the Blog Cabin. This is your favorite time of the week with your number one one podcast. Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Chats from the Blog Cabin. You know the show where I virtually invite people into the blog cabin to chat about life. Today is another solo episode for the Sunday Inspiration series. And today I really want to share with you about the legacy we leave behind. Um, my dad was huge, 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 huge in, our, huge in our community. And he was always showing that it was better to help people out and to lend people a helping hand. And I think a lot of that came from he was only... He was the oldest of eight kids. Two of his brothers died, like, before they were age of three or four. He was brought up in very poverty. I mean, really, honestly, poverty. Um, his parents got together long enough, or together long enough, um, for they would break up, get back together, break up, get back together. It was a really horrible story. But the way he's managed to overcome and the legacy he left behind for all of us really <clears throat> showed is something. But let me tell you a little bit more about the backstory. Um, He's the oldest of eight kids, like I said, and he was always the one that they always turned to whenever anything happened in the life. He actually was the second to the last to die. Um, he honestly would have been the last to die if Agent Arn hadn't killed him. Um, all of the brothers and sisters are gone now, but whenever there was a wedding, funeral, or anything else happening in the family, um, my dad was always there. My mom and dad were both there. And my dad always taught us that to lead with love and to lead an example for others in the community. Um, I think I mentioned before my dad used to be, my dad was a Marine, and also he was a chief of police. Um, In the town that I grew up in, and then also in the town that we live in now, um, he was chief of police until he retired and then went to work for the sheriff's department, which actually probably he says was the best thing he ever did in his lifetime because he did not have to work as hard not have to deal with the politics but actually made more money um but going back to him being a chief of police he would he was all about community policing and i think if you've been a long time um followers and listeners to chats in the blog cabin you know that i talk about my dad's death a lot because it affected me a lot but i also talked about that my dad had community policing that he knew the people in the community that he policed um he was very strong in making sure that if he saw an elderly woman, elderly man outside, um, he would stop and chat with them because he knew sometimes how lonely they were. And I honestly think that was because he knew how lonely his mom was. His mom was a super resilient person and the legacy she left behind um, by raising him and also by the grandparent, his grandparents that helped raise him are ones that I think that he, passed down to me and I passed down to my girls um and that is you know always always lend a helping hand lead by example help others even when sometimes you feel like you're about to give out I mean honestly the last couple weeks I've been mentally and emotionally exhausted it's been a huge huge this last week it grief hit me hard I mean I told you earlier a couple of weeks ago or a couple about a month or so ago that, you know, my husband's boss man died. He was someone he greatly admired. Um, then my husband's brother died and it was just, you know, everything kept piling on. And this past week we celebrated my sister's birthday. My sister has been gone 26 years from this earth. She's been celebrating heaven for 26 years. 
She was only 27 years old when she died. And her leaving this earth, I totally really lost a piece of me. Uh, at that time, I had met my husband. I was pregnant with my oldest daughter. So it just made sense that her name became part of my daughter's name, but not all the daughter's name. Um, I know I'm rambling a little bit, but going back to her bringing around to Karen, it, Monday was her birthday. And so we drove, I drove all the way down to Wilmington, which is about an hour, hour and a half from where our house and went to just to go put flowers in her grave. We didn't do anything else. I mean, we did go to a thrift store because my youngest daughter is really into buying thrifted books. So we did go to a thrift store and we did stop at a winery along the way on the way back home um, only because I thought, well, this would be great. Some place to sit down and won't be as crowded. And plus to kind of can do a little bit of research for the writer and the farmer. But as we were driving down there, I kept remembering all the childhood memories of my sister. It always seemed like my parents had two sets of family. That my mom had the two oldest girls and that they were her girls because my dad was gone a lot. And then my sister and I were the two younger because I'm the baby of the four girls. And she, we were our dad's kids because my dad was home. My dad was not in Vietnam. My dad was not, he's, he got out of the Marine Corps not long after, a couple years after I got, was born. So that I always feel like we were attached. So November 8th was Karen's birthday. And so I went down, put flowers on a grave. And I did something on the way back that was so not, I won't say it was out of character for me, but just something I felt like I had to do. And that was, um, we were coming home and we were on the road. That's normally not really heavy traffic. And there was a lot, a lot of traffic. And I'm like, why is there so much traffic? And I was like, oh, there must be an accident. And so we kept looking and my daughter and I kept looking. And then I realized, I said, no, it's not a traffic. It's not an accident. It's a funeral. And it's on a two-lane highway. So normally, you know, people, when they see funerals, they, like, speed by. In the South, it's like a sign of respect to pull over or go slow when there's a funeral. Um, but the normal me would have just pulled into the, the outer lane because I was like, I just want to get home. Would have pulled into the outer lane and just drove by the funeral. But the me that was mourning, still 26 later, mourning the death of her sister, I stopped i didn't stop but i stayed behind the funeral procession the whole time and i mean it was a good 20 minutes and i'm like what am i losing out of my day for this 20 minutes to show the respect for the person that, that was that had died didn't know the person probably would never know the person but the fact that i stopped and i said you know what not today i today of all days i have to stay i have to be there for you know i have to show respect for the for the dying and then the marine corps birthday came on wednesday my dad was a huge marine so once again a lot of emotions coming up because i can always remember my dad was like he would play around with my mom saying oh well you couldn't wait two more days to have karen on marine corps birthday and then veterans day was thursday and normally i try not to make a big deal these days that you know i but grief hit me hard i really missed my dad that day so we went out um, after we picked up Allie, our little Shih Tzu, from the, from the groomer, we went to my dad's grave. And I always leave a penny. I could leave flowers, but sometimes I don't always have flowers with me. But for my dad's grave, I always leave a penny. Um, 
he loved to roll coins. He loved, he, that was his greatest pleasure in life was to get out all his coins and get the wrappers and wrap them up and all this stuff. And that was his greatest pleasure in life. And so I always leave a penny, a quarter, depending on what loose change I have, but I have a penny. And when I was sitting there and I was thinking about it and we were there and his at his grave and I was like, I'm so proud to be your daughter. I'm so proud to be his daughter. And I've always been so proud to be his daughter. And I left that penny there. And the other penny that I had left there was all rusted and, and old. And, you know, you could see, you know, how when you can see a penny that's been left out and, you know, how it gets that, um, I don't know, with the oxidation on it. And, and it gets really crusty and you can tell it's really old. Well, I took a picture of the new penny, which is an older penny already, and the old penny together. And, and I thought the legacy that we leave behind is the same thing. We start out with our legacy being all new and shiny, and we don't realize the impact that we're making on others in this world until we die. Um, and half the time, our, people around us don't realize the impact that we're, that they make on our world. I remember my sister Karen died. People came from all over for her funeral, and she was buried in Wilmington, and People that we had not seen in years showed up at the funeral. Um, also caused a huge rift with my with my my family and my sister's husband, who I still consider a, br a brother because he has always been in my life since I was in elementary school. And I wasn't going to stop l loving him or letting him be in my life because he is and he was who she chose to be with for her life. And so I remember that funeral, but I must remember my dad's, like I said, my dad was Marine Corps, huge, huge um, Vietnam vet, huge in the veteran community. He was the chief of police. He was a retired deputy sheriff. He was the town commissioner. I mean, you name it, my dad did it. And I think I told you earlier that about when we were talking about the people that had been around when I talked about showing respect when the mayor of... Um, Bellsboro died, which is my husband's last man. But it's the same respect that showed was showing my dad. My dad had so much respect. It was a very cold January morning um, in 2015 that, or January night. And if you get in North Carolina, we don't often have really bad cold snaps, but there was ice on the road. It was very cold. We had to bundle up. But we have here in... Um, the South. I don't know exactly what part of the country or what part of the world you're listening to, but in the South and in the United States, we have what they call a wake where people come in and do visitation hours and, and then they stop by the, the, um, the funeral home as well. But before, even before that happened, um, before my dad, before my dad was transitioning on into the, to heaven with my sister, um, I remember one of his Marine Corps buddies who I absolutely adore. He is one that totally would be there for anything that we've asked him. Even now today, if I texted him or if I messaged him and said, hey, we need your help, he would so help um, us. But I remember him arranging for, because my dad was a chief of police and, you know, police department and the sheriff's department, to have his body be police escorted from the hospice care center where he was at to the um to the funeral home and also a lot of backstory goes along with this but the man who did my dad's funeral actually my parents bought his parents house my parents moved across the street from his parents 
and his parents or his mom and his stepdad were amazing sweet sweet solid earth people and my mom really hit it off with his mom and you know there there were a lot older couple and so my mom would always go over and they would like chat and talk with each other and they would see each other in the yard and so when it came time to finally put that when the mom died passed and it was time to put that house on the market um, they really, the brother and sister who owned the house didn't really want to put it on market. I know I'm rambling a little bit, but just follow me a little bit. And so anyway, so then when they put them on the market, um, my dad called and immediately they were like, okay, what, all right, chief. Yes, you sold. And they already, they called my dad chief because chief police, even though he was living in, he was, um, a deputy sheriff. And so because they had that respect already in that relationship already with the mom and the dad that the, the, the son and daughter knew immediately that this was the bet. They were the right people for the house. Now like, keep that legacy going and keep it going and keep thinking about all this stuff. Well, the day that my dad died, um, he, the man who did the funeral, who worked in the funeral home, we already knew he was going to handle everything, had told one of the interns, he's like, if I'm not here and you get a call from the hospice and it's, you know, my dad's name, you are to send a hearse. You are not going to bring him back in the van because that man deserves a hearse for how much he's done for the community. And so, anyways, long story short, the guy came with the van, realized who it was. He said, I'll be right back and went back and got the hearse. In the meantime, um, like I said, one of his Marine Corps buddies has arranged for the police escort to come. So they had deputy sheriffs, um, a couple of Goldsboro police officers, and a couple of uh, a police officer from the Pipe Bowl, who he was town commissioner and also chief police from. Um, they actually brought him to the, um, made it so that traffic was cut off so that when the hearse pulled out and we were behind the hearse that there was head of police escort all the way to the funeral home. And so that was the day of the wake, um, the day that he died. And then a couple of days later, the next day, one of his Marine Corps buddies also, who, like I said, my dad was very big into the, in the veteran community. He was, um, on the veterans, um, he was the at large member of the veteran committee for our County. He was, um, like in the Marine Corps league, he was a Vietnam vet post. He was all over the place with veterans. Also used with Lions Club. I want to say that too as well. Um, they had arranged to have a front page article written about my dad. And it just boohoo tears. And it's so awesome to see the impact that he made. But I didn't see the impact impact until the night of the wake. Like I said earlier, it was cold, very cold in North Carolina. Um, like we're talking freezing, we're talking like in the twenties, fifteens, twenties. I know someplace in, in the, in America, that's not cold to you. Your cold is negative, but to North Carolina, it's cold. And so that night at, at the funeral home, there was these, I want to call them patriots because they are patriots, members of what they call the Marine Corps League and the, um, Wayne County Veterans and Patriots Coalition, they stood outside in the cold, holding American flags all around the funeral home. And as people walked in the funeral home, there were American flags. They were standing there in the extreme cold, holding the flags. 
Now, I go back and tell you once again, I got to remind you that my dad was also sheriff's department. And a little backstory on that was the day that my dad died, we were all at my mom's house. The sheriff who my dad had never worked under because my dad retired before the new sheriff had come in, um, stopped by the house. And he said, Mrs. Green, I'm so sorry, the loss of chief, even though he was not chief police anymore, everybody still called him chief. And he says, I'm offering you our honor guard for him to, at the funeral. And we already knew he was going to get a military escort. We already knew that. But mom and I were talking about it and we thought about it a little bit. And my sisters and I, we all talked about it and we decided that, you know, hey, it would be really great for that part of his life to be seen as well. So the we had four, eight, eight amazing I believe there was eight amazing um, honor guards at for the Wayne County Sheriff's Office that stood by his um, coffin. And I'm telling you guys, these guys were these big, burly men, very strong, very straightforward. And they were, as people were viewing, they would change out like every, I think every 10 minutes, they would take a break because they would be standing there at attention. They would take a break and they would go in the other room and another one would come and you could see the changing. It's like the changing of the, um, the, the unknown soldier and uh, Washington. I, that's something I really want to go see um, the tomb of the unknown soldier, but it was like they were changing the changing the guards and every time they would do it, they would salute and they come back and then they would come back and, you know, switch back. And I kept noticing this just really big, humongous. I mean, this guy was huge, very, you know, very like strict, you know, guy that, you know, really had this really, big mean face but you can tell he was a big teddy bear and I kept looking at him and I kept watching him that every time someone would come by you could see that he was really fighting back tears and I kept looking and looking and looking so I finally asked later on that night I asked my mom I was like because he never broke down but you could tell that he was fighting the bat the tears I mean a lot of them knew and I asked my mom I'm like did he know dad and my mom was like yeah, your dad trained him to be a cop because my dad also taught um, a couple of courses at the basic law enforcement academy in our community college. So that legacy with having all the people there from for having, you know, the person that took care of his funeral, that did him upright because there was a lot of confusion because the cemetery had not, the newer part of the cemetery had not been open. And my mom had decided the last minute that he wasn't going in the veterans cemetery, that she wanted him buried a around where they live at and um so there was like okay can we just open it up can we just buy a plot and they're like no so we had to store his body guys store his body in a mausoleum until the new part of the cemetery opened up and that's a story that i'll tell you in just a little bit but to watch and see everybody flow through come through um people that i knew that knew me people that knew my my parents from watching my nephews play football. He, they would go down and watch them play football. Um, you know, other people in the community. I mean, there's so many things that they did that <clears throat> they couldn't have easily not done. But because he was so big in the community, helping people out. Like I mentioned earlier, he was in the Lions Club, and he helped people at the Lions Club. I mean, he was a district governor. He, going back to my grandmother, my grandmother was blind, legally blind. Um, it was because I honestly think it was because she took a lot of beatings from my dad's dad. I don't call him my grandfather because he was <clears throat> never in my life. I met him twice in my lifetime. 
And so they would get back long enough. They would get back together long enough to make a baby then split up and he would beat her. And then finally my grand, my great grandfather and great grandmother took them in. And so having that constant, my dad could have easily turned into a crappy SOB. He could have been a white beater. He could have been a child abuser. He could have been all these things. And after seeing, hearing all the things that he did when he came back from Vietnam, he was on the team that when the prisoners of war were coming back, he had to go up to Washington to see DC to sit in on the briefings. He could have easily turned that legacy and been a bitter old nasty man that could have easily taken out any kind of his emotions on us and his wife but instead he chose to be the upstanding not always perfect because he did have he did have flaws he was very quick to anger sometimes and she just kind of like okay you know backing off um but you know like he was very impatient i should say impatient but he was also a very sweet man that a lot of people thought a lot about so going forward, I thought about my legacy that I wanted to leave. So when I started having girls and I wanted to show them that, hey, it's okay to offer a helping hand to neighbors. And I think most of the time it's really shown off that because a lot of these, I have one that will just about do anything for an animal. I have actually two that will do just about anything for an animal. One will take over if she sees a homeless person on the road, the side of the road, and she's got leftovers. She's going to give you leftovers, um, give them their leftovers, or she'll go to the grocery store and buy them food. She won't give them money, but she'll buy them food so they'll have something um, because she feels like she's giving them money. Maybe that money may be used for something else, but if she buys them food, then, you know, that's true. But, you know, because they saw me do it constantly. They saw me volunteering. They saw me helping out. And I started thinking that, you know, they always said that, the eyes can, little, little kids can see and hear, even when you don't think they're watching, they're watching you, they are watching you, and as I'm moving on into the next part of my life, where it's totally empty nesting, and, you know, Gracie's still home, but she's home, but she's not home, I really think that the legacy I want to leave behind is, one is these chats in the log cabin, that is my legacy, I am opening up a platform for other people to talk about their lives and their community um, and everything else. So I am just really honored that you guys are here, and but I'm holding a place for you. And I want you to know that no matter what, your story is important. If you need a place to tell it, you can tell it here. Contact me. Um, I have a, I'm fixing to launch the Chats from the Blog Cabin um, website um, where you can contact me as well. Or you can um, hit, I think there's a sponsor link or a message link in, in any of the places you should listen to. And it'll come directly to me. If you want to hit me up on um, Instagram, Chats from the Blog Cabin, let me know. Hey, if you got something that you really want to talk about or something that you feel like your story needs to be out there and needs to be told. I'm all up for it. There's not a story. I, I think there was maybe one or two stories that I turned down. But the only reason why I've turned it down was because it was someone that was being racist. And I just cannot abide that. Or someone that was, um, I forget the other one. But the other one was not a good fit at all. And I'm like, it's not a good fit. So, guys, 
if you notice, the last two episodes were about legacy and what we leave behind and dealing with grief, dealing with trauma. You heard a lot of my story in the last two episodes. Um, and I think in this one of the episodes, and I think it may be tomorrow's episode that I, I recorded earlier, but a lot of people see my sign that's if you go and watch the YouTube videos, it says, let all that you do be done with love be done in love and it's first Corinthians 614 and that's what I'm going to leave with you today um, let all that you do be done in love have a loving spirit love yourself first love God love yourself first and then love others because if you don't love yourself first then you're going to be pouring from an empty cup hope you have a great rest of your day be blessed and most importantly Keep chatting. Chats from the blog cabin. Hit subscribe and don't miss the next episode.